there are stories about what happened. It's true. Welcome to this episode of the Star Wars Canon Podcast. My name is Brian Miller. I'm the host here at the Canon Podcast, and I'm so glad you decided to join me to talk about our favorite thing in the world yet again, Star Wars. Uh, I have to apologize to you guys, first and foremost. I didn't do an episode last week. Uh, for those of you that don't know, and I feel like I say this a lot, I feel like I'm bragging about it sometimes. In a way, I am, and, and in a way, I'm not. Uh, Kirsty is in the final weeks, well, final like two weeks. Uh, of pregnancy, and it has been hell on her, uh, and it's in a roundabout way kind of been hell on me also, you know what I mean, kind of waiting around and, and wondering every day if this is going to be the day uh, that, it, that it happens, and so far it hasn't been, and uh, last week I was going to do an episode uh, of the Canon Podcast, and I was going to do an all-mailbag episode, because there wasn't a whole lot of news, and it I ended up not being able to do the podcast uh, not having a chance to do it, Kirsty needed some attention, and and uh, I guess she's just kind of she's you know we've been with me doing my fall harvest and her doing this and 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 whatnot. And I'm barely home at all. You know, it seemed like we didn't we haven't had a whole lot of time together, and uh, I think we wanted a, a couple of extra days, just the two of us. You know what I mean? Before Jensen comes along, so that's why there wasn't an episode of the podcast last week, and I do apologize for that. And I know this one is actually a day late. I'm actually recording this on Saturday right now. Matter of fact, an hour and a half ago, this was supposed to air. Uh, but this is going to be released on Sunday night. Uh, like I said, I'm in the middle of my fall harvest, and harvest is when they need me the most. And it's it's pretty hectic around here right now. But since i got a little bit of time, I don't have to be at work until tomorrow afternoon, so I can stay up late tonight, get this thing recorded, get it edited together, and get it out for you guys. So let's talk some Star Wars. And before we get into the Star Wars stuff... A couple things I wanted to address and tell you guys about, share with you, if you will. Uh, for those of you who have been listening this season, uh, you know that I've gotten behind a mission of uh, a project called Till Valhalla Project. It's actually a veteran who has took it upon himself to raise awareness for veteran suicide. And he does that by selling these uh, aluminum bracelets. He sells dog tags, t-shirts, ball caps, uh, almost anything you can think of. And he puts all the proceeds towards raising awareness for veteran suicide and for creating memorials for veterans. So that was something I wanted to let you guys know about, something that uh, means a lot to me. <coughs> Excuse me. And uh, it would really mean a lot if you guys would go check that out. I'll put all the links to the Till Valhalla Project in the description of this podcast of this video. The other thing I wanted to talk about for a minute before we get going. Oh, excuse me. I got something in my throat. Dust or something. Uh, for those of you that don't know, I have been working feverishly on a project for the Star Wars Canon podcast and for you guys concerning the podcast, uh, and it's, it's, it's coming along nicely. I'm actually working on a mobile app, uh, called the SWC, uh, I'm SWCP app. Uh, it's going to be hopefully a one-stop shop for all things you're ever going to need Canon. I've, uh, I've been working on it for a while. I've got a link actually up on the Patreon page 
uh, right now. If you guys want to go check that out, just go to the just look for the Star Wars Canon Podcast Patreon page. Uh, the link for that is also in the description of this video. But there's a, a link on there. You can go check out the preview for it. Kind of mess around with it a little bit and kind of see how it's going to work. Uh, I've got the entire Canon timeline on there. You can listen to this podcast directly in app on that app. Same thing with the YouTube channel. You can watch all the YouTube videos in the app. I've got a community page where you guys can go post your own reviews or you post whatever you want uh, concerning Star Wars, Star Wars Canon Podcast, anything you guys can put. It's almost like a Facebook feed, really. I've got that. I'm going to have a contact us page on there where you can submit a question directly to the Canon Podcast for a mailbag question uh, and a couple of other little features on there. But the biggest thing I'm proud of on this app is I've put a, a tab on it where you can purchase your Canon material. So... You've got, you know, your your novels, your films, your comics, your video games, and your animation stuff. Everything is broken down where, let's say, you want to purchase a new Dawn. And you go through novels till you find a new Dawn. They're all in alphabetical order, so they're easy, easier than hell to find. You click on New Dawn, and it's got a description of the book. And then at the bottom, it's got all these links where you can buy all these different versions of it. If you want an ebook, you can click on the link to get the ebook and download it straight to your phone. Same thing with the Audible version. You can get paperback, I mean, hardback, anything you can think of. <coughs> Excuse me again. Uh, but that is all going to be on there. And that goes for all the canon material, except for the short stories that are only available in the Star Wars Insider. I can't put a link to get those anywhere. But everything else, I got you covered. So. My goal is to have that out by the end of the year. I think I can make it. And uh, so far, man, it's, I'm, I'm pretty happy with the way it looks. Like I said, if you guys want to take a look at it, head on over to the Patreon page. And uh, it is exclusive to the patrons. So if you guys want to check it out, uh, go on there, uh, try to find that link, and uh, there you go. So I just want to let you guys know about that. So uh, keep an eye out. I'm going to be dropping some more information about that before long. As a matter of fact, I'm toying with the idea of once I get the app kind of, I don't want to say finished, but like pseudo finished, before I put the final touches on it, I want to do a live stream on the YouTube channel and do a screen capture so you guys can kind of see what it looks like and go through and show you guys kind of how it's going to work, how it looks, everything like that, the features of it before it goes live. So uh, keep an eye out for that. And, uh, and if you guys check it out on the Patreon page, don't be afraid to shoot me a comment or, a, or an email, anything, with some suggestions, some criticisms. I take criticism well when it comes to creative stuff like that. Let me know what you guys think about it, so uh, keep an eye out for that. All right, let's get into some Star Wars stuff. Uh, because there's not a whole lot of news, obviously the big news right now is that the trailer is dropping on Monday. I think we all know that at this point. It's on the 21st. I was wrong. I thought it was going to be on the 14th. But this will be the final trailer. It is dropping on Monday during Monday Night Football. Tickets go on sale immediately after that. Keep an eye out. I'm going to have a reaction video up uh, hopefully Monday night for that trailer also. And I've already got my AMC set up, my AMC app set up to remind me when tickets go on sale. So keep an eye out for that also. So that's really the only news. But I've got two book reviews for you guys tonight before we get into mailbag questions. Uh, I've got a book review for Black Spire by Delilah S. Dawson. Uh, this is a book that honestly I was, I don't want to say I wasn't looking forward to it. Recently, since Disney has been doing this Black Spire Galaxy's Edge push, right? We've had the park release. We've had Thrawn Alliance has mentioned Batu. We've had uh, a five-issue run of Galaxy's Edge comics. We had... Crash of Fate, 
We've got Black Spire. There's a short story of missing fables that takes place on Black Spire. Like everything has been Black Spire, Black Spire, Black Spire, Batu, 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 Black Spire, Batu. Like that's all it's been. And leading up to the book Black Spire, I was beginning to get Batu fatigue. To the point where I didn't want to read any more about Batu. I didn't want to know any more about it. I didn't, uh, nothing. So I don't want to say I wasn't looking forward to this book, but I was wary of it. I was, before I sat down and started, I was like, oh, here we go, man. Another Black Spire novel. And I have to say, I was pleasantly surprised. This book didn't bash you over the head with Batu, 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 Black Spire, Black Spire, Black Spire. This book focused more on Vi Marathi, the resistance spy, and Archex, who is formerly known as Captain Cardinal from the Phasma novel. For those of you that don't know, Delilah S. Dawson also wrote the Phasma novel, which you guys know I wasn't a huge fan of. And this book is essentially a sequel to that book. There's, I, there, there's a lot of stuff in Black Spire that is mentioned that happened in Phasma during the present day stuff. And I mean a lot of it. A lot of it. This book is, is seriously a direct sequel to, to Phasma. But it is leaps and bounds better than what I thought Phasma was. Maybe it's because I didn't care that much about Phasma as a character. And I actually liked... Captain Cardinal as a character in that novel more than I did Phasma. And since he is now in this novel, as his name has changed to Archex. He's with the Resistance now. Spoiler alert for those of you that don't know. If you guys haven't read it by now, you're probably not going to. He switched sides. I didn't really switch sides. He abandoned the First Order at the end of Phasma. So he is now with the Resistance, and he's with Vimarati. They're tasked by General Leia to go to Batu to start a new resistance base after the events of The Last Jedi. And she crash lands on the planet due to some weird circumstances. Loses all of her gear, has no clue how to start this resistance base. And that's essentially what this story is, is her kind of learning the ropes around Black Spire Outpost and, and, and meeting the people making friends, getting a job to help pay for everything, kind of figuring out how everything works, meeting Oga and seeing how she runs the city and everything like that. But there's a couple of really good tie-ins with this book that also happen in Crash of Fate because Crash of Fate happens after Black Spire Outpost, but uh, after Black Spire. But the, the resistance when they're mentioned in Crash of Fate Talks about how they're hiding in these tunnels and whatnot. And those are the tunnels that Vi finds in this story to try to build the resistance base in. So it's kind of a nice tie in there. This was actually a really, really fun book to read. I, I actually had a lot of fun reading it. And it was more of a character study between Vi and Archex. Now, Archex, I loved him as Captain Cardinal. I loved him even more as Archex. This guy is a... I wish I knew more about him. I, w I hope to God we get a Captain Cardinal novel of just him. I really do. This guy is awesome. He is leaps and bounds cooler than Captain Phasma ever was or ever will be, right? So even as Archex, when he's not Cardinal anymore, he's still a badass. This guy has seen some shit. He's freaking awesome, man. And, and the way he interacts with some of the other Resistance members that are recruited, absolutely amazing. So... 
definitely check this book out, mainly because this is not counting not counting Resistance Reborn. This is the last novel before we really hit the the Rise to Skywalker stuff. Okay. And and what I mean by that is this is the last novel that came out before Resistance Reborn. Resistance Reborn to me is the kickoff of the Rise of Skywalker. It's kind of the prelude novel to episode nine, the way Catalyst was the prelude novel to Rogue One. But because this is kind of the last novel, in my opinion, leading up to episode nine, there's a scene at the end of this book, the epilogue, that I'm not going to ruin it for you, but I guarantee you ties directly into episode nine to the point where I'm convinced, balls to bone, that we are going to see Batu and Black Spire Outpost in a live action via Marathi. We're going to see all of this in episode nine at some point because of what happens in the epilogue of this book. If you've read it, you know what I'm talking about. I don't want to spoil anything for you, but this was a really, really great book to read. It really was. And I noticed something while reading it also. Normally, you know, when you see stormtroopers and rebels shooting each other with blasters, you just see the blaster bolt hit, they fall down. That's that's the end of it, right? I mean, there, there's people dying in front of you, but you really don't register that they're dying, dying, right? This book is... I. It's pretty gory. It's pretty gory with how descriptive they are about where they're shooting stormtroopers at and what's left behind after they shoot them. Uh, at one point, there was even a reference, or not a reference, but there was a description of completely out of context. Vi shoots these two stormtroopers in the back of the neck when they're facing away from her. Pew, pew. And she takes one of their helmets, and the helmet has got the scorch mark, and then it's got blood up the back of it. But she just, I mean, she's killing them willy-nilly like they're nothing. And they're always aiming for the black parts of the armor, you know, in between the plastoid plates. So it's it's pretty cool the way they've, they they were really describing it. Matter of fact, she, I'm not going to tell you what the context is in because that might ruin the moment for you. But she shoots the fingers off of a stormtrooper with a blaster. Fingers off. So, and it's blood everywhere. It's this is a gory book, but it's actually, it, it took me by surprise. It's a really fun read. Definitely go check out Black Spire. And to be honest, I wasn't a huge fan of, don't get me, I didn't hate anything that Delilah S. Dawson has written, but I wasn't a huge fan of her writing. This book turned it around for me. I'm very, very impressed with this book. I, I couldn't be happier with it. Uh, and, and like I said, I was pleasantly surprised. So uh, that is Black Spire. Uh, I'm sorry, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge Black Spire. Definitely go check it out. The other book I wanted to talk about, and this is a very, this is a very, very small book. This is the Spark of Resistance. This just came out on Force Friday. This is one of those little like three-hour reads that came out, kind of in the same vein as Smuggler's Run, The Weapon of a Jedi, Moving Target, Before the Awakening, Cobalt Squadron. It was kind of along those lines. But this one takes place between episodes eight and nine. I'm assuming leading into episode nine. It's a Ray Finn Poe BB-8 story. And it's not exactly what I was expecting. It wasn't bad, but it was kind of forgettable. The story itself was kind of forgettable. Essentially what it is, Ray... I'm sorry, Finn's not even in this book now. I think about it. Ray and Poe... they Rose, sorry, Rose, not Finn, Rose. Rose is in this book. I, I know I just turned some of you guys completely off to this book. But Poe, Ray, and Rose are on a supply mission with the Falcon. There's porgs all over the inside of the Falcon. 
Rose is giving them all names. I really just turned some of you guys off to this book. But they receive a distress call on a resistance channel and decide to go check it out. Not sure if it's a trap or what. And they land on this planet. I don't want to say they they I don't want to say exactly what's going on. But they land on this planet where the first order's kind of taking over and the indigenous life here are trying to fight back. And they're kind of these like fat rabbit looking creatures. But they're trying to fight the First Order back, and there's a blatant ripoff in this book. I, I got to tell you guys about this. There's a blatant ripoff in this book that I, I, I couldn't even believe it when I was reading it, and I actually saw it coming before they revealed what it was. Do you guys remember in Indiana Jones and in the Last Crusade, they're trying to get to the Grail. Indy's trying to get to the Grail, and he comes across this cavern, and it's just this big empty chasm and he realizes it's a leap of faith and he just steps out and the bridge is kind of invisible because of the way it's laid it's a trick of the light right that is exactly what happens in this book it's exactly what happens before i even got through it i knew that this is where it was going and i was like oh man you gotta be kidding me man come on but anyway so there's a couple of little moments about how Ray is trying to use the Force. Ray and Poe are trying, or Rose and Poe are trying to uh, convince Ray to use the Force a little more and whatnot. But there's it, it, not a whole lot to it. But there's a First Order officer who is trying to find an old Imperial laboratory that's on this planet, and ends up being betrayed by the person who he thought was going to help him do this and whatnot and antics ensue right shenanigans everywhere but it's kind of a neat little read there's uh it's it's one of those yay we did it at the end of the story kind of stories mainly for children it's a young adult novel so you shouldn't be surprised by that but it was kind of a nice little touch leading into episode nine so not a whole lot to say about it because like i said it was like a it was like a two hour three hour read so there wasn't a whole lot of sus a substance to it but like I said, it was kind of forgettable. I mean, I remember the story, but there wasn't any like one moment that stood out where you just have to talk about it. So you're not going to miss anything by reading this one, to be completely honest. It's called Spark of the Resistance, which I'm assuming is talking about Ray. But Ray's not even the main character in this book. There is no main character. It's kind of that group is the, is the main character. So take that for what you will. I know that's not a whole lot of a review for that book, but there wasn't a whole lot of book there for it. But... Don't know what to tell you about that one. Definitely go check it out, though, if you guys are OCD. You want to read all the canon. Like I said, you can buzz through it in no time. Matter of fact, I finished... What did I finish? I don't even remember. I finished Black Spire. I came home from work. I finished Black Spire at work. Came home from work. Sat down and read Spark of the Resistance completely. And then started listening to Dooku Jedi Lost. It was that quick. So, uh, speaking of Dooku Jedi Lost, I'm, list, I'm, in, I'm about two hours into it right now. I'm reading the book... And listening to it at the same time, which is kind of a new experience for me. The book is more... I'm going to give you a little bit of info about the book. I thought the book was going to be like a novel form of the of the radio play. It's literally the script. It's got... It's the script. It'll say Dooku and then what he says, or Sifo-Dyas and what he says. So it's, it's an interesting read. I'm having a lot of fun with it, actually. And I'm learning a lot of stuff about Dooku that I never knew. And there's some, like, oh shit moments in it so far. So... Uh, I'll have a review for that for you guys on the next episode. Mark my words. I promise you on that one. 
Uh, all right, so that's all I got for reviews. That's all I got for news. Let's get into some mailbag questions. And I was going to make this mainly a mailbag episode anyway. I've got six questions. And uh, I was going to let you guys know if you want to get a question on the Canon podcast, you can email it to me at Star Wars Canon Podcast at, no, I'm sorry, Star Wars Canon Library at gmail.com. I'm losing my mind right now. Uh, I haven't been able to keep my mind straight on a whole lot of stuff lately star wars canon library at gmail.com i don't even know my own email uh and i will go through and pick out a few and uh go through them but for right now i've got six questions question number one this week comes from mac hamilton and mac says hello brian i just found your podcast on spotify and i have to say i like what i'm hearing it's nice to finally find someone on a podcast that accepts what others have i'm sorry accepts that others have different opinions it's very refreshing keep up the good work Thank you very much, man. I appreciate that. I actually catch a lot of crap for that because I won't pick a side. Uh, but thank you for the kind words. I wanted to send you this question. Do you think George Lucas would have sold the rights to Star Wars to Disney if the prequels would have been received better? Keep doing what you're doing, and I look forward to the release of your app. Thank you for the question, Mac. And it's a legitimate question. It's something I've actually wondered before. Uh, I think I actually submitted this question on another YouTube channel before to get an answer. Uh, and I'm going to have to say no. I don't think he would have. I think had had the prequels been different films, right? Had our reaction to the prequels been a lot different, I think George Lucas would have... I think he would have rode off to the sunset with, with six movies and called it quits and The Clone Wars. I think that would have been it. I, I don't think he would have been as jaded as he was, right? Because we've heard a lot of stories about how George Lucas was jaded uh, by how the fans reacted to the way the prequels were, how they how they claimed George ruined their childhood and all this stuff. Uh, and granted, I'm not a big fan of the prequels. I'm learning to love them more and more the deeper we get into the Star Wars canon because there's so much stuff that kind of supplements the prequels. But at the time, we have to admit those prequels were received as shit. They were received the same way the sequel trilogy is being received now by some fans. So, had they been better, I think George Lucas would have washed his hands of it and said, that's it. That's Those are the six films. I'm not going back to it. It was a fun ride while it lasted. Not going back. I'm sure eventually, somewhere down the road, he would have ended up making episode seven. Yeah, because we live in a time now where we're getting no nobody has an original idea in Hollywood anymore, where we're getting nothing but reboots and legacy sequels, which is what the sequel trilogy is. It's a legacy sequel. The, I think a legacy sequel is defined as any sequel that's like 30 years after the fact on on the original. So uh, that's that's really all we're getting is reboots and legacy sequels. So I think eventually George Lucas would have been like, hey, I'm going back to the money pit. I'm going to make another Star Wars movie. With laser swords and Nabu and, you know, and jetties. You know how he talks. But I think eventually we would have gotten one. But I think that he sold the rights to Disney because of the way the prequels were received. I do. I think I think he did. Uh, I think, you know, he and he's talked in interviews since then how it was kind of like, uh, like a girlfriend. You don't go back to your girlfriend after you break up, right? And he did say... Years ago, he thought if anybody was going to buy this, it would be Disney. They would be able to take it and do what they wanted to with it. So, to answer your question, no. I don't think he would have sold them if the prequels had been received better. And, you know, and I hate to say it that way because that kind of 
in a way, it kind of rewards people for treating filmmakers the way they do or did do nowadays. It kind of rewards that behavior. And I, you know, we're getting new Star Wars movies now. Depending on who you are, it may just rub salt in the wound even more if you hate the sequels. But we're getting all this new Star Wars stuff now. So I guess in a way it's, I don't want to say it's cool that we're, that, you know, that he felt jaded enough to want to sell it off to make more movies. But I guess in a way it kind of paid off for us because we're getting all these new things. You know what I mean? And, and depending on how you feel about the prequels and the sequels and the classics to each their own, everybody has different opinions on it. But I think all of it ties together. And I think. I think in a roundabout way, it it helped us in the long run get to where we are now. So uh, I hope that answers your question, Mac. Let me know, guys, in the comments section. I want to know what you guys think. Do you think Lucas would have still sold them, uh, sold the, the Star Wars franchise and Lucasfilm if the prequels had maybe been a little better? If maybe he'd listened to some people a little bit more often, you know, because he was a yes man. You know that. So uh, thanks for the question, Mac. I appreciate it. Question number two this week comes from Donald Price. And Donald says, hello, my friend, hoping to get a question answered on your podcast. Well, here you go, brother. We'll get it on there for you. Why haven't we seen more R2-D2? He was one of my favorite parts of the classics and prequels, but he's barely been in the sequels at all. Thank you for the question, Donald. And this is something that I hate about the sequel trilogy. Don't get me wrong. Like, I, I really like the sequel trilogy, and I catch a lot of shit for that. But this is one thing that is unforgivable, in my opinion, unforgivable. And I can and, and right now I blame both J.J. and Ryan Johnson. I blame both of them for this, because between episodes seven and eight, R2's, R2's had what? Four minutes of screen time. Are you shitting me? Four minutes. And when I think of the classics. When I think of classic trilogy, the first scene that pops into my mind, when I'm when I'm watching Star Wars and when I get that nostalgia feeling back to if something feels classic, what I compare it to is and, and maybe you're different, but this is just for me. The scene I compare it to in the classic trilogy is Empire Strikes Back when Leia, Lando, Chewie, 3PO, and R2 are trying to escape Cloud City and all the stormtroopers are chasing them between the music and and the cinematography and what's going on and, and you know, them trying to get to the Falcon R2 shooting his, his fog cloud, his, his smoke screen at the stormtroopers and buzzing out of there. To me, when they're, when they're going through the hallways and you see all the sunset behind it, to me, that's classic trilogy. To me, that's what I think of when I think classic trilogy. That whole, se- that whole sequence. And R2 was pivotal in that sequence. R2 was pivotal throughout the entire classic trilogy. Pivotal. And I, I mean, through the entire saga, you know, I mean, we we didn't see a whole lot of him in episode three, kind of at the beginning, but we didn't see a lot of him in episode three. He was there quite a bit in episodes one and two, but three, not a whole lot. Four, five, six, a lot. Seven for thirty seconds at the end, and then eight. We had one scene with Luke on the Falcon, and then later when they're on crate flying the Falcon, he's looking for the beacon for Ray. That's it. That's the only time we've seen R2. And it's unforgivable. This is this it's an insult to the character, to be completely honest. R2 is one of my favorite Star Wars characters, and he's not even alive. Matter of fact, 
my first action figure I ever got was an R2-D2. And I I love the character. He's, you know, you're talking about a droid that has never had its memory wiped and kept one of the biggest secrets in the galaxy. How long? 50 years? I mean, it's you, you've got a droid that's one of the most loyal droids you've ever seen. You can't, I mean, and it's a shame we haven't seen more of them. I do, look, I will go as far as to say this. I do believe that J.J. is going to utilize R2 more. I think he's going to utilize R2 and 3PO more in Episode Nine, And and there's not a whole lot to back that up. But I did see, and this may be nothing at all. It may, I mean, this is just maybe wishful thinking. But Bondi put out one of their X-Wing models for Rise of Skywalker. And it's Poe Dameron's X-Wing, but it doesn't have BB-8 on it. It has R2-D2 on it. So if I'm about to see Poe flying an X-Wing with R2 and a droid socket again, I'm going to lose my mind seeing R2 and a droid socket. I'm going to lose my mind. But I, I gotta say this. I think the reason we haven't seen much R2 is because they're trying to push BB-8 to be the new droid of this trilogy. Which I, I can't really knock him for that. You'd have to introduce these new characters, and it's really their story. But you've got 3PO there. 3PO was a little bit bigger part of Episode 8. Why couldn't R2 have been? You know what I mean? Like, it just it doesn't make a lot of sense to me why R2 couldn't have been more in Episode 8. And I, like I said, I'm hoping he's in Episode 9 more. But I think it's mainly because they're trying to push BB-8. BB-8 and 3PO, because a lot of the marketing for The Force Awakens had those three droids on it. But then throughout the movie, BB-8 was front and center. BB-8 had the comedy relief. BB-8 had... BB-8 even got to say, I have a bad feeling about this in Episode 8, which we talked about on one of the last episodes. I think they're pushing this droid more and more. Because Ryan Johnson even came out and said at a point, before Episode 8 came out, he asked J.J. for some advice. I think it was J.J. asked for some advice on editing episode seven or episode eight. And he said, use physical comedy with BB eight. You can't put enough of it in there. And so they did that, you know, with BB eight getting blown against the wall and his head bouncing and rolling back. There's a lot you can do with BB eight because of his shape, because of what he is. Not a whole lot you can do with R2. R2 can get shot once in a while, electrocuted, everything pop open on him, stuff like that. But you want to see more R2. If episode nine comes out and we see more R2 and three PO front and center, it's going to feel more like Star Wars. They are the glue that holds Star Wars together. The only Star Wars movie they're not in, and they didn't need to be in, was Solo. They even popped up in Rogue One, and it made sense, kind of, if you want to do the whole why weren't they on the Tana 4 argument, <laughs> which is possible. Uh, it, it has credence. But R2 and 3PO, they are, to me, the face of Star Wars. When you see R2 and 3PO, the first thing you think of is Star Wars. When I think Star Wars, first thing I think of, R2 and 3PO. So why aren't we seeing more R2? It's a great question, man, and I'm hoping they show some more of him uh, in Episode Nine. And I'm hoping he's more pivotal to the role, or to the, to the plot. Please, God, put R2 in it. Give him his due, man. Just don't kill him off. Don't kill him or 3PO off. Please, God, no, you can't do that. Not, no, I can't. I already had to watch Tony Stark die. I can't watch R2 and 3PO die. I can't, I can't do it. Thanks for the question, Donald. I appreciate it. Uh, question number three this week comes from Anthony Perez. 
And Anthony says, hey, Brian, I'm a big fan of your podcast and can't wait to see what you do with the Canon app you're working on. I know it's going to be great. You always put so much effort into everything you do, and I know this will be no different. Thank you very much, man. I appreciate it. Uh, let's see here. Have you heard this rumor going around that there's a Ray movie in the works at Lucasfilm? I hope it's true. I love Daisy, and I hope to see more of her on screen. Thank you in advance. Thanks for the question, Anthony. Yes, I've heard this rumor, and I'm going to tell you right now, I don't mean to step all over your dreams. I don't think this is real. I I don't think this is real. Uh, first off, if I, I know what rumor you're talking about. They came out... They didn't come out and say the rumor is that there's going to be a Ray film that takes place after episode nine and it's her dealing with like the Jedi Order and whatnot. If that were the case, that's a huge spoiler for episode nine. That is a huge spoiler for episode nine. Oh, well, Ray makes it through that movie. You know, well, just for the record, just for the hell of it, let's assume for a minute that it is real. Let's just say they come out tomorrow and say, hey, we're making a Ray movie. Before episode nine comes out. That all but confirms to me that Rey is not a Skywalker. She, she wouldn't be a Skywalker at that point. If this turns out to be true, Rey is not a Skywalker. When I know a lot of people are hoping that she is. But if this, this, if this movie were actually announced, that would solidify in my mind that Rey's not a Skywalker. Because it's not episode 10. It's not a part of the Skywalker saga. I get it. Vader was in Rogue One. He was a Skywalker. Rogue One's not a Skywalker saga movie. But a movie about Rey, a Rey movie, that would be a part of the Skywalker saga. That would, If she's a Skywalker, that would be part of the Skywalker saga. Make it episode 10. I don't believe there's a Rey movie coming out at all. I, I, I'm not saying we won't see Rey again somewhere down the road. We might. I don't, I don't know. But I just... I don't see Lucasfilm dropping the ball and announcing something like that before episode nine. Now, if episode nine had already come out and we knew Ray survived, I'm not saying she's gonna die. I just I don't know. But if if episode nine came out and Ray survived and she started a new Jedi Order, and then they and then these rumors start flying, hey, there's gonna be a Ray movie, I would lend a little more credence you know, credence to it. I would put a little bit more faith into it because that kind of makes a little bit of sense. But they're not going to say something like that before episode nine comes out. That would just, it ruins up because then you're going to be sitting there watching episode nine and be like, well, I know she survives. There's no suspense to this lightsaber battle at all. So I'm not putting any stock into it whatsoever. You probably shouldn't either at this point. I'm not saying it's not going to happen. They could come out tomorrow and announce it and make a liar out of me. But I'm going to be sitting around as confused as an Ewok trying to eat a cracker, trying to figure out why they would do something like this. So uh, I hope that answers your question. And, and you know, if they were to come out with a Ray film later on down the road, I would watch it. I mean, I, I I like Ray as a character. I don't get this Mary Sue thing everybody keeps talking about. It's no different than Luke Skywalker. So, I mean, I would watch a Ray movie. Depending, I mean, I'm still going to watch it, but depending on who's writing it, who's directing it, you know, and whatnot, depends on how good it's going to be. And they could do it and make it work, but I just, I'm really not believing that's going to happen anytime soon. So thanks for the question though, Anthony. I do appreciate it. Uh, question number four this week comes from Jake Hudson. Uh, and Jake says, Hey Brian, I haven't read a whole lot of the new Canon. 
but I like what I've read. Thank you for keeping track of all of it for us. You're mighty welcome, Jake. Uh, here we go. Query. When will the meat bags over at Lucasfilm tell us how Maz got Luke's lightsaber? I don't know why it's bugging me so bad. I just know it is. Love your channel. Keep it up. Uh, thanks for the question, Jake. Uh, nice HK47 reference there. And this is a question that I get a lot. And, and once in a while, I feel like I need to touch on it again. And I couldn't pass up having the HK47 reference in a mailbag question. That was awesome. So this is a story that I know a lot of people are really curious about. How did Maz get Luke's lightsaber? The last time we saw it, it was tumbling down the shaft on Bespin. But then when we see Luke's hand fall, at, when Luke goes through the grab the antenna at the bottom of the Cloud City, it's just his hand. There's no lightsaber. So what happened to the lightsaber? Right? So this is a story a lot of people want to know. And I think it's coming soon. I think you might even find out about it in Episode 9. It's possible. We know Ray fixes the lightsaber in Episode 9. We've seen that in the trailers. We know she's modified it to make it her own, maybe with the help of Maz Kanata, and maybe while they're doing it, Maz tells her how she got a hold of it. I don't know, maybe. But this is, for some reason, this is a story that, it's one of those things that gets dangled in front of your face for a second, and you don't realize how bad you want it until they don't tell you, and you're like, but how? Kind of like me with that story I really want in the Star Wars comic of Han Solo with the bounty hunter on Orden Mandel that made him change his mind before Empire. That's kind of my Maz lightsaber story in my mind. But this is a story I guarantee you we're going to be getting very soon. And I'm going to, they're not just going to leave it hanging. They wouldn't have put that in episode seven, knowing that everybody's going to be like, well, how in the hell? They, they wouldn't have put it in there if they didn't plan on telling us somewhere down the road. And with JJ coming back for episode nine, I really do think this is, I, I wouldn't be surprised at all to find Maz Kanata pop up in episode nine and tell Ray how she got it. I wouldn't be shocked one bit. So I think if you just wait a little bit longer, we'll get that story. I don't think they're going to drop it in a novel or a comic or anything because too many film fans just watch the movies. They don't read all the other stuff and they're never going to find out what happened to it. They got to, if you address something, if you, if you make a plot point, in a movie like that, you follow it up in a movie. You don't follow it up in a novel. You follow it up in the movie so that the same audience gets the satisfaction of completing that story. So I'm guaranteeing you episode nine, we're going to find out about it. Uh, just keep your ears open when you're watching the movie. And hell, it might be a scene front and center. I don't know. Uh, really looking forward to it, though. So I hope that answers your question. When do you guys think the story is going to drop? Do you guys think we're going to get it anytime soon? Do you think maybe they just dangled it and said, ha, 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 you're never going to get it? Let me know, guys. I want to hear your, th your, your thoughts on that. Thanks for the question, Jake. Uh, question number five this week comes from Levi Douglas. And Levi says, hello, Keeper of Canon. Love your show and wanted to say congrats on your soon-to-arrive baby boy. Hopefully he will learn the ways of the Force and become a Jedi like his father. Thank you so much, Levi. I appreciate it. Uh, my question is about the Cassian Andor series coming soon. Will we see Cassian and K2SO meet for the first time, or do you think they'll already be partners when the series starts? Can't wait to see your channel. Or can't wait to see what your channel grows into. May the force be with you. Thank you very much, Levi. And this is this is a decent. I mean, this is a very thought provoking question because this is something I've I've wondered ever since they talked about the Cassian Andor series. We did get the one-shot comic of Cassian and K2SO, and that was essentially the story of how they met. But that's not to say we're not going to get it somewhere else down the road. 
honestly, if I were to do the Cassian K2 uh, series, first off, I think I think when it starts, they'll already be a thing. I think K2 will already be there. And they'll already be working together. But if I were to if I were the one doing this series, I would retell that story, but I don't think I would do it at the beginning of the series. I think that would be because we anybody watching the series has obviously seen Rogue One. We know eventually he meets K2SO. Maybe not everybody who saw who saw Rogue One reads the comics. So they don't know that story's been told. But maybe they still want to see it. If I were making the series, I would start season one, Cassian Andor by himself, Rebel Spy. And ends up reprogramming K2SO maybe as a season one finale, a cliffhanger, introducing K2SO for the first time. Or you could even do it in the first episode. You know, have him meet K2SO for the first time, reprogram him, and then casting a k2 for the rest of the series because i was kind of disappointed about i was kind of disappointed with how easily they did the the reprogramming in the comic because in the comic you know in rogue one when you hear him say i'm a reprogrammed imperial security droid reprogramming you're thinking wow that took a lot of work no it didn't it was a flip of a switch and that was it k2so rebooted and there he was that's all there was to it so I was kind of disappointed with the, how easy it was, and I'm hoping that maybe they would do this in the series and we actually get to see it, add some music, make a moment of it, get the suspense built up, you know what I mean? So uh, I I think I think when they start the series, they'll already be together. I think they'll already be working together. I don't think we're going to get to see that story on the screen. As cool as it would be, I don't think we're going to get to see it on the screen. So uh, let me know what do you guys think. Comment below. I want to hear what you guys uh, what you guys' thoughts are on that. Uh, and the final episode, I'm sorry, the final episode, the final question this episode, uh, and this one is from, okay, this one's from Sadie Hart. This is uh, kind of a special question, I wanted to address this one on the, on the podcast, and I've actually got a response from Richard J. that I want to read for you, Sadie, on this one. Uh, Sadie sends in, Dear Brian, my name is Sadie. I am 16 years old and have autism. Kids at my school made fun of me when I was younger because I was different. I would come home from school and cry into my pillow because I had no friends. My mother showed me Star Wars for the first time when I was 11, and it quickly became my escape from reality. People, even, or people made even more fun of me when they found out I liked Star Wars. I lost myself in the books and movies, and it helped me through those dark times in my life. I was wondering if there was any particular of Star Wars that has helped you through the dark times and why it means so much to you like it does me. I love your YouTube videos. Keep up the great work, and congratulations on your baby. Uh, thanks for the question, Sadie. And you know, real quick before I address this, we this is something that I really did want to talk about on this episode because this hits really close to home, even for me. I mean... It's, uh, and, and I'll talk about it here in a minute, but I grew up being bullied because I was a nerd because I, you know, I grew up in the nineties when being a nerd wasn't that cool, you know? And now everybody, oh, you like Star Wars? So do I like Star Wars. It's just openly, you, 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 I was a closet nerd up until everybody found out. And then that was, I mean, cat was out of the bag. You know, I was bullied a lot. So I, 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 I know where you're coming from on this. Um, real quick before I get into this though. Uh, Richard J, you guys have heard me say that name on this podcast before. He helps me run the Facebook page for the Star Wars Canon Podcast. He 
uh, asked me if I would read this to you, Sadie. He had a response to your question, uh, and this is what he wanted me to, to read to you. Uh, Richard J. says, My favorite novel is Tattooing Ghost. It's an old EU novel set around three to four years after Return of the Jedi. It starts off with Leia going to an auction at Mos Espa to hopefully win an old Alderanian picture. It's made of moss, so it's a living picture. However, there is also a data chip in there of every rebel agent still undercover in the Empire. During her trip, she is drawn to an image of a young boy standing next to his pod racer. She inquires about the boy and finds out it's Anakin. All the people she comes into contact with regale her with stories about how kind and generous Anakin was. Leia visits the grave of her grandmother and discovers Shmi's journal and learns just how kind her father was. In typical Star Wars fashion, there are equally horrific Vader stories to quote-unquote balance the novel. It is what makes Leia decide to have children. It's a story about looking at the inner good in someone. Keep looking for the inner good in people, Sadie. We love you, Jay. Uh, he wanted me to read that to you after I sent him your, uh, your mailbag question. Uh, this is something that we have got to talk about for a minute, guys, because this is, this is unacceptable. This is completely unacceptable. We live in a time now where we've got all these, all this Star Wars material coming out, right? And, and, ooh, bump my mic. And you have got people, not, not a lot of people. There's a handful of people, but it's still obviously a problem if we're talking about it. You've got people who hate a movie, a movie, a fictional piece of work. They hate it so much that they are bashing every bit of hatred and vitriol they can on the director. On, uh, I mean, it's just... To, to even to other people who say they like it. If you like something they don't like, you are a piece of shit. That is their opinion. That is that's that's the world we live in now. We live in a world where in that same movie there's a character that somebody didn't like and they bashed the actress so much that she shut down her Instagram account. That's the world we live in. That's how toxic people are nowadays. And granted, it's not everybody. I know that. But the but the extreme people like that are the loudest and the ones that come to the front the most. And it has made me embarrassed to be a Star Wars fan at times. That's, I mean, that's unacceptable. Unacceptable. Because at the same time, the same fan base can rally around a guy that they've never met who will not live to see the next Star Wars movie and campaign to have him get to see it before he dies. That's the same fan base. The same fan base that made that happen is the is the fan base that is just ripping into people for liking something they hate. Oh, you ruined my childhood. Screw you, Ruin Johnson. Really? Oh, I don't like that character. She's a Mary Sue. Why? Why? You know, why? why can't everybody just like what the hell they like? Like I said earlier, going to your question, Sadie, uh, I grew up in the 90s, mid-90s, and I went to school every day sick to my stomach in elementary school. I, went, I, I was sick so many times 
throughout my childhood, physically nauseous because I did not want to go to school because of how horrible the kids were. Nobody knew I was a, a nerd until they caught me drawing lightsabers on a piece of line notebook paper one day, and that was the end of it. People saying, oh, he's drawing his dildos and all. I mean, just kids were horrible in the 90s. They're still horrible. Not as bad as they used to be. You know, there, there's, I mean, like with, with what you're dealing with, I'm sure that's not the norm. That's not normal. Those kids need their asses beat. And I probably pissed some people off saying that. But it's the truth. There's nothing wrong with you. There's not a damn thing wrong with you. You are just like the rest of us. We all love Star Wars, and that's what matters. And I'm sorry, I just, I, this, I grew up being made fun of all the time, relentlessly. Hardly had any friends. I came home, never wanted to go back to school, ever. Uh, and it was the same way with the teachers. Even the teachers were horrible to me because the students didn't like me. Nobody, teachers didn't like me. And that was just the school I went to. And it was, I mean, it was, my dad would go up to the school on a weekly basis and damn near beat my principal's ass because of how big of a piece of shit he was. I'm serious. And it's, it, it's unacceptable, you know? Those are the dark times Star Wars got me through, too. I, my mother showed me Star Wars for the first time when I was... Five, uh, six, I think six. And it was the classic trilogy on the sci-fi channel. And up until that moment, I was miserable all the time. I just, I, I couldn't make friends, you know? And then after they found out I like Star Wars, it was even worse. But Star Wars for me also was kind of that escape from reality. You know, that was when I started buying all the toys and the action figures and and reading some of the books here and there and just watching the movies over and over again. I would get little toy flashlights and put a stick inside of it, pretend it was a lightsaber. Just I wanted nothing more than to be a Jedi Knight when I was a child. That's what I wanted to be. Everybody wants to be Batman or Superman nowadays. I wanted to be a Jedi. That's what I wanted. You know, shit, I still do. <laughs> Who wouldn't? But even in my adult life, there are aspects of Star Wars that have really helped me through some real trying times. Uh, you know, more recently, this whole ordeal with my mother, uh, for those of you that don't know, I'm just going to sum it up in a nutshell. Uh, my mother decided she wanted to uh, steal her sister's husband away from her, and, and it's just this whole affair thing happened, and she disowned Kirsty, she disowned me, and, you know, and we've, we've cut her out of our lives completely. My mother and my sister, who sided with her. But we've completely cut them out of our lives because of how big of how big of pieces of shit they are, and that's and I never thought I'd say that about my mother, but I've always wanted to just cut all negativity out of my life, and I don't care who it is. I I don't care if it's my best friend all of a sudden just becomes an asshole, starts being negative all the time, running me down. Wait, I just bye, and I and I don't think my friends are gonna do that, but I I got no problem with it, you know. There are aspects of Star Wars that helped me through when my dad died very suddenly. It was, you know, it was Yoda's teachings, the whole train yourself to let go of everything you fear to lose. You know, don't mourn for those who transform into the Force. You know, stuff like that. That's that's really, that's helped me through a lot. 
And every trilogy, Yoda's got some kind of little bit of wisdom that helps me through my life. The, the prequels was the whole train yourself to let go of everything you fear to lose. That's deep, you know? The classics, do or do not, there is no try. That's classic. I mean, everybody knows that phrase. And even in episode eight, whether you loved it or hate it, Yoda, failure is the greatest teacher. That's, that's deep, man. I'm about to tear up thinking about it. That's deep. Those, those are words of wisdom that it's weird to hear them from a little frog alien, green frog alien in a Star Wars movie. But it doesn't, it, it still hits home. Doesn't matter who says it, it still hits home. And there's, there's, I mean, there's obviously more things to Star Wars you can apply to your life to help you through stuff like that. But that, those are some of the moments that kind of helped me through. You know, even when, when me and Kirsty, we kind of went through a rough patch in our relationship for a while back toward the beginning. And there was a lot there that, that helped me, you know, and it's, there's, you can, this is, I say all that to say this. It doesn't matter what situation you're going through. I guarantee you at some point in Star Wars, I can find something that will directly relate to that situation and helps make help you see a better way to get through it. Whether it's being bullied in high school or losing a, a parent, losing somebody else in your in your family, doesn't matter. There's something in there that can help you through it. You know, so uh, the the only advice I can give you at this point is just ignore them. I, that's when I was being picked on. My father gave me the best piece of advice I ever got, and it worked. You ignore them. You completely. You don't give them a time of day. You just when they sit in there, yap yap yap, tune them out. Put a deflector shield up. Block it all out because it's it, what they think does not matter. You can't. Freddie Prince Jr. came out on Twitter the other day and said this after a lot of people started bashing about his opinion stuff. You can't break something you don't own. They can't break your spirit because they don't own you. They don't own it. You determine your reality. Like what Qui-Gon says, your focus determines your reality. That is what matters. Don't worry about the people in your school. Because you've got a fan base here that is going to rally behind you and love you for who you are. I'm serious. And and they're going to talk Star Wars with you because that's who we are. And granted, there are some people that are going to disagree with your opinion on some stuff you like. That's going to happen. But just know there's not a damn thing wrong with you. There's not a damn thing wrong with me. There's not a damn thing wrong with any of us. We love what we love, and that's what matters. So I I wish I could help you more than that. I really do. And I hope that has helped. I hope I hope you take that to heart. Okay, because you're not the only one. You're not alone, all right? So uh, thank you for sending in the question. I do appreciate it. And, you know, I hope I hope this was kind of an eye-opener. It actually opened my eyes a lot more. And I agree with you. And it still opened my eyes more to realize that there are still people out there that are like this. And we got to – you either stand up to them and – Give them what they want or just ignore them. Because they're picking on you to get a rise out of you. That's all it is. You don't give them a rise, they get bored and they leave you alone. 
So take that for what you will, Sadie. Thank you for being a follower. I'm so glad to have you as a listener. Thank you so much for the question. And stay strong, okay? We're right there with you. I promise you that. Uh, That is all the questions I got for this week, guys. I actually didn't plan on going almost on an hour like this. I was going to do a shorter episode. Uh, Just know that in the next couple of weeks, the podcast may be spotty because you guys know Kirsty is going to be having the baby very soon. So if there's no episode next week, you'll know why. Okay, so just keep that in mind. Uh, right now, things are really rocky between me being in harvest when they're already going to be upset with me for taking a week off work when Jensen comes during harvest. But uh, between harvest and Jensen coming, my next couple of weeks are going to be really hectic. Hell, I could shut this recording off in two minutes and go find out her water broke. I mean, she's that close. So uh, wish us luck. That's all I got to say. So uh, thank you guys and gals for tuning in this week. I sure appreciate it. Uh, if you're new to the podcast and you like what you hear, be sure to give me a follow on whatever app or site you're listening in on. Check out the YouTube channel for upcoming reviews, interviews, and reaction videos, as well as the Facebook page to stay up to date on what's going on with the Star Wars Canon podcast. Be sure to check out the Patreon account uh, as well if you'd like to help support the Canon podcast or if you want to check out the Star Wars Canon podcast app, you can go check it out there. Uh, if you'd like to get a question on the podcast, you can send it into starwarscanonlibrary at gmail.com or if you have the Anchor app, uh, or you're listening on anchor.fm, you can record a voice message and send it to me that way. Uh, and who knows, you might get to hear yourself on the next episode of the Star Wars Canon Podcast. All those links can be found in the description of this video, of this episode of the podcast. Like I said, thank you guys so much for tuning in. And as always, may the Force be with you. <laughs>